Hello and welcome to Films and Swearing, the Foul Mouth Movie Podcast that records straight out of Fife, Scotland. I'm your host, Professor Stuart Sutherland, and joining me tonight is Colonel Magic Mike. <laughs> um, aye. Yeah, that's anyway. it. Aye. Uh, I honestly was making myself giggle fucking stupid by like adding extra names onto your name for this introduction. Originally... <laughs> I was going to be uh, Colonel Magic Mike Mustard, but I thought, can I say it with straight face? For some reason, just... Let's uh, get that treasure later on now. <laughs> Colonel Magic Mike Mustard. It's just something about it, but the time you say utter, like the first word of mustard, you just fall apart. Would you put me in your hot dog? <laughs> I wouldn't give you my hot dog. <laughs> oh... And you guys are listening to episode 142, Clue. If I was a fucking whiz with like our soundboard, I would have had like the score kick in right there. <laughs> but, ugh. Anyway, before we get fucking right into the film, let's talk about some new trailers that came out this week. <clears throat> well, one trailer, because that's the only one I've watched. Uh, Happy Death Day. Aye. Uh, Seems to be... I watched a, that the other day. A fucking... It's like Groundhog Day with a twist. Aye, a serial killer caught in... Aye, the, the perspective of a victim being killed by a serial killer on Groundhog's Day. Oh, well... Uh, killed on her birthday. That's it. Killed on her birthday, but only to wake up the next day and repeat all again. So this one looks quite interesting. With, like, the killer wearing the mask, it was like a... A buck tooth baby mask. What, a single tooth? Aye, like, single tooth. Anything aye. just to do with, oh, look, a hoodie with a creepy mask. Aye, it looks, it looks a bit different, though. Aye. What I do like out of it is the fact that I don't recognise anyone in it. Yeah. Like, there's something about it. It just loses credibility if, like, the main lassie being killed was, like, one of the girls out of Game of Thrones yeah. or out of a, a popular TV series. Whereas this lassie, doesn't it, like, she kind of looked like the lassie from The Shallows. I reckon if that's the one that's married to Ryan Gosling. No, uh, married to Ryan Reynolds. Or the one that's currently divorcing Johnny Depp. Like, just uh, right. sort of blonde Hollywood clone, number four. Uh, but she looks a bit younger than those now, so she could be maybe potentially another wife for Johnny Depp in the future. Aye. Uh, um, I that that one caught my interest when I seen it. Aye. Now, do you think we might be going a bit far here? But the, do you think they're showing you the killer in the trailer? I don't know because you can never really tell. No, like we've spoke tons of times about our hatred, the fact that trailers spoil that. Give away too it, much. Give away far too much. Aye. Would it be interesting if they hadn't showed him or her or it? Ah, they can. It's probably just part of it. Like, when you watch like horror movies with serial killers, you always play detective in your head. Like, ah. you're, you're trying to make mental notes of clues or giveaways. There is... Ah, they can. Like, if I mention mine, so now, I don't want to be overly confident and say, ah, I can know where the killer is. Ah. But... It'd be quite horrible if I was actually right and say, like, "Oh, spoil it for us." Yeah. But because it was one of those trailers where, by the end of it, it looked like she had broken the car. She was driving away in a car, cheering and whooping, and then she gets pulled over by a police officer that gets plowed by another car. Oh, uh, yeah. I... And it just shows you that shot of her trapped. In a, I don't know, the car's covered in petrol or something, and she's going to get caught in an explosion. Uh... And all you see is the birthday cake candle. Dropping into like ignite the fucking yeah. petrol. It's like that looks a lot like the candle that was on the cupcake that the girl gave her to blow out earlier. Uh so, yeah, the one of the films that will plant the seeds, but it will, it will not really like, like they'll plant mm. the obvious Aye. things. I was thinking it's either that or it's the lorry that's floating in her underwear at the start of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like the most completely unobvious one. Yeah, but well, that one does look pretty decent. Good. Give 50 uh, cents some royalties as well. 
Ah, that song was played on repeat. She's just gonna be hearing that fucking song every morning when she wakes up. I know. Hey, you think it's time to get up with a spoiler warning? Ah. Okay. Right, folks. It's time for you to hold your horses, cause. We at Films and Swear like to spoil our fucking podcast. So what you hear now is our spoiler warning for this episode. If you have not seen Clue, this is now the time for you to turn off the podcast. Go leech a Netflix account from someone. That's what I was trying to say. And watch Clue. Because it's on there. And I'm not paying eighteen ninety nine for a fucking DVD. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Amazon? So yes, this music is your warning. From this point on, we're about to get LB deep in spoiler territory. <laughs> I'm just going to listen to this for a wee bit. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper than spending 40 quid on a vinyl record. So, Clue is from English-born director Jonathan Lynn. Uh, before, well, <laughs> Clue was his directorial, di- directorial debut. debut. He seems to be a boy that hung around films quite a lot. He was a screenwriter from the early 70s. Uh, with credits of over 27 projects, including the likes of On the Buses, Doctors in Charge, Yes Minister, Yes Prime Minister. They also acted in several TV series as well. Like, most likely the ones that he was writing on. Uh, and he also, uh, when I looked through his acting catalogue, the only real notable role that he'd done in film was he played the priest in Three Men and a Little Lady. All right. Remember when I think their mum was going to get married to oh, some sleazeball the yeah. and they kept leading one priest on and had Ted dancing in the old man makeup to be the other priest? We start stripping his face off on the altar. Aye. Aye. I'm guessing Jonathan Lynn was the one that they kept giving false directions to. So, cast, we've got Eileen Brennan as Mrs. Peacock, Tim Curry as Wadsworth, Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White, Christopher Lloyd as Professor Plum, Michael McKean as Mr. Green, Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. Leslie Ann Warrender as Miss Scarlet, Colleen Camp as Vivette, Yvette, Yvette. Uh, and leaving is Mr. Body. So, Mike, what is the plot of Clue? <laughs> it's about a group of strangers, if you will, mm-hmm. that are invited to it's a mansion, it is. like a type of mansion, for... What was the motorbike? They've, they've all been invited to this this mansion for a dinner, and Aye. none of them really know, but it's because they're and all then it turns out they're all getting blackmailed by a big body. Mm-hmm. No, I'm trying to think in the genre of a murder mystery movies. I'm trying to think how many fucking murder mystery films that like you really get that kind of take place in one central location. Um. I'm guessing I've never seen uh, Strangers on a Train or no Murder on the Orient Express I feel that's maybe an old style murder mystery in uh, confined in one location but yeah. I've never seen it um, <clears throat> there was a, a film what about, about a decade ago it was way like really old and it was called Identity and it was like similar I think it was a group of strangers were holed up in a wee motel. Mm-hmm. And they're all there for like for the same reason, but nobody knows why. Oh, right. Not even the folk. Mm. And they just start like dying. Right. And it's got a fucking ludicrous like, twist. Uh. Oh, like, right. I thought you meant the actor ludicrous was in it. No, it's got like, the <laughs> most... Lo- and the thing was, like, when I seen it, I was about 18, I think. And I think I sat for about a good hour or so after trying to figure out that I went and watched it again just to make sure that I fully understood it <laughs> and then I think I just never bothered watching it again aye I think if I didn't hear that ending it would have been a better film yeah but it was alright it kind of garnered my suspense for a bit mm-hmm. okay then so Clue uh, did you like it Mike? ah it's second time I've seen it and it's second time I've seen it this year 
Alright, aye. I first watched it at the start of the year when I had Netflix for a month. Aye, aye. And it was quite good. I was actually, when I was watching it today, I was on my notes that I gathered, I noticed it was two big names in the production of the film that were never covered. Oh, yes. John uh, Landis and Deborah Hill. Mm, aye. Um, <clears throat> obviously, John Landis is a huge fucking name. So when you've seen his name on like the screenplay, because the screenplay was between him and Jonathan Lynn, the director. Uh, but I did notice... Um, it's not Peter Sellers, but one of the pro- executive producers... Oh, fuck, I forgot it. It was one of the same producers from Carrie Shack. Oh, right. So I was just surprised if he wasn't there pressuring some women to get their tits out. Even though, like, they're pretty much barely, nearly, almost yeah. there. But... I was quite surprised that John, uh, John Landis and Deborah Hill's name appear. Ah, what's Deborah Hill's she, credits? She produced um, Halloween with John Carpenter. And right. She was like tied in with him. She Aye. done like the fog as well. Mm, mm. Oh, well. Because this is sort of like a, a family-friendly... It's not... From the outset, you get the, the feeling of like a horror film. Like, just going up the hill to the dark mansion and the thunder and the lightning and the foggy sort of surroundings to it. But now it's just a straight out murder mystery that I guess is family friendly. It's not really. Uh, for me, I do I do fucking love this film something off uh, I good. I do um, remember what, I, I don't know how I came across it when I was wee, whether I, I rented it or I taped it but I did have it on tape as a child. And I do remember, like, just as things go on, like, VHSs become redundant, you forget about things, you forget the title of films you watched as a kid. And it always kind of made me think back what was, like, the murder mystery film set in a mansion. And I could never figure it out, even though I should have thought, like, well, it's us. Uh, over here in the United Kingdom, it is known as Cluedo. Ah, that... The that board game was, that is based that on. That was one of my... So, I've never known why it is titled differently over yeah. in the States. And I think I was looking for Cluedo the movie. And back in the day, I couldn't get results, like, searching online, like, yeah. looking on Amazon. Where, I think, maybe search engine nowadays are more yeah. clever. They know what you're kind of looking for when you put this in. Yeah. And they'll correct you. So... It wasn't until maybe, I don't know, yeah. not 10 years ago, but that I kind of got reunited with it, watched I never it. Really, I never really like, was made aware of the film until about probably last year or the year before. Aye. And the thing is, because like, I, I think I've seen it on Amazon, no Amazon, Netflix, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> going back to the whole clue, clue that was also one of my... Like bullet points. Ah, for it. But my other one, my first one right at the top was, I thought it was like one of the fucking TV films that was made. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought it was. Aye. Until I went and like looked back that it was actually a legitimate film. Mm. But, um, I it was like how you watch something as a kid, and you come back to it nowadays. And you watch it, and they have that term watching something like rose tinted glasses. Uh, like, I'm trying to think, I've not got an example in my head, but maybe actually a good one. I watched uh, Mac and Me as a child. Ah, uh, so did I. Now, I think watching it nowadays, it's probably going to be a big heap of shit. Uh, Just from still images I've seen, like, I'm surprised I never traumatized me as a child because the fucking design of that alien and the fucking, like, Seeing the father alien in a business suit with yeah. a weird fucking gawket head and big knobbly fingers. <laughs> that should have terrified me as a child, but that looks like complete shit nowadays. Yeah. So that is what I think is maybe affected the rose tinted glasses that like you loved as a kid, but when you grow up and kind of get sense almost, then you realise like, oh, you was, shit. You could probably class the same thing with the Maru Brothers film. Yes, when you were a kid, that was fucking the business. That was like the best Aye. thing on tell at the time. Exactly. And when you go back to it, you're thinking, 
Damn, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> then fucking John Leguizamo. Fucking what's his name? Big Bob Bob Hoskins, aye. aye. It's no it's no an awful film. Aye. I didn't mind it, but But Street Fighter's better. Nah, I didn't <laughs> I, see even when I was a kid I wasn't fond of John Claude's Street Fighter one. Either. I I think how no it's got Kylie Minogue in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but aye let's see I'll try to think what was best way to go through this one going through the story points but I've written maybe about a thousand bullet points of things I like about this film so I'm just going to start reading through them uh, I think that'll cover every inch of this movie but I'll I'll say it straight at the very front of this uh, this is fucking Tim Curry's film uh, like he steals this role, like, steals this fucking film. Only maybe second to, like, Yvette's Rack. That comes into a close second <laughs> of, like, being some major players in this in this fucking film. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I do fucking... Tim Curry is I a fucking the... cinematic gem in this film. Yeah. Like, I reckon why, but maybe just the way he delivers dialogue and... He is like a seriously, I'm saying to me, a seriously underlooked or uh, underappreciated actor. I know he's fucking iconic for things like Rocky Horror Picture Show and. Yeah, like it and all that. I see that's how I fucking forget about him in it. But to me, I know him for purely for Clue and Home Alone, Home Alone 2. 2 Lost <laughs> in New York, where he plays a complete dickhead that works in the hotel. But it's just a, it's a fucking scene where he tricks him in the bedroom with the TV playing. Aye. I love you. I know. He's, <laughs> you carry no love Tim Curry, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's just when he's sitting there and like the elevator lights are going on above his head. It's uh, like the light yeah. bulb and he gets the same grin as the Grinch on Aye. TV. Ah, dude. Like, you carry no love fucking Tim Curry. And... This is like one of these ones where he gets. He it's really the way is. He delivers his dialogue as well, eh? Aye. And he has so many fucking choice lines. And this is like a sort of a real word heavy, dialogue heavy film as well. Yeah. Where it'll take you maybe more than a few watches to really get every little fucking joke, every little catty comment because this is like a huge ensemble movie. Ah. Uh. Especially when you have six or seven main cast members and the whole mystery is is making sure they're all in it, near enough every same shot. Like, they're yeah. all in the same room. So the camera's covering six people and they're all, like, yeah. one person says something and the other five people fucking answer it. Like, I think I think his standout bit of the film is him basically replaying the whole film where he's just... Starting back and forward in every room in the fucking building. It is. He, he is an acting tour de force. Is <laughs> is that one thing where he he calls it Mister Mustard, Colonel Mustard, and Yvette like for the the negatives, and he is like catching Colonel Mustard and Yvette doing La Flinto Grande. Like I couldn't <laughs> write that down, let alone pronounce it. But just hearing him fucking deliver lines like that, like the one plus two plus one plus two. Fucking bullet speech. Uh, like, fucking things like that. It was genius. Um, I also... Um, a big appreciation of the John Morris score of this film. Uh, like, the, the music makes this film also... Like, it gives you the feel when they're running from one side of the building to the other with a score sort of almost prancing behind them. It makes you feel like you're watching like a live-action Scooby-Doo film. Yeah. Like, just about all the around about, like, and the amount of fucking hysteria. Like, people going absolutely fucking mental, but they're running back, and it's got this cheery little score. Like, do 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 As they're running back and forward, running <laughs> yeah. upstairs, downstairs, going into rooms, slamming doors. <clears throat> like, more or less all uh, Tim Curry's, or Wadsworth's reenactment is, like, yeah. in the final act. Um, at first, I thought Kathy Bates was a cook. Oh. She kind of looks a wee bit like her. But it's just Asian cafe beats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Who. Obviously, the film's set in the 50s. Yes. And, and you've got the stereotypical French maid. Yes. And I, oui. But 
surely women in the 50s didn't dress like that. Not so much the maid, but even, um, oh, no, uh, Scarlet? Aye. Mm hmm. Well, that's the, I, I think, and if it's just because she was, uh, also seemed to be a madam of a brothel as well. Uh, um, what about when they're all in the dining room and it's those cunts slurping their soup? That's the fucking old wife, is it, is it Peacock? Peacock. And she's like, Aye, and Christopher Lloyd's matching her. And the same with Mrs. White, they go, <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, What are these cunts? How, how are these cunts drinking their soup? They sh- should be killed first. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it, it's the same scene where uh, Professor Plum, Christopher Lloyd, seems to occasionally get lost in Yvette's cleavage like when she's <laughs> leaning putting dishes on the table. His nose is practically yeah. buried in her chest. More than the form you can kind of realise why. Mm. But <laughs> ah, he's a bit of a dirty bugger. Um, one of the things I did notice is a wee. Don't know if it's meant to be just a wee bit of like a, a troll or whatever, but the guy that plays Body, yes, he actually like tried to like say his actual name, Lee Ving. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> aye, maybe like I was. I've not read too much into, it, but Lee Ving seemed to be not quite an actor, but he, he seemed to be like a guy, a guy in music. They're just clearly a bit of like he was a singer. I think, and he was maybe known more famously for that. Mm. He looked a bit familiar, but I couldn't quite. He just looked like, and I, and I never really went back and checked why. Aye, it just looks like but a kind of had like a an Italian aye mobster feel. Yeah, I, I, when maybe he up. they were going for that anyway. But mm. it does. It looked like he was doing his De Niro impression. <laughs> he had a bit of like a Bronx accent and. You're thinking, Christ, it could, this could have been a young Ray Liotta if you wanted, if you wanted to really star stud this film. Because you have, obviously, Christopher Lloyd, like, a minute before he does Back to the Future. Yeah. Because that followed maybe the year after. Or... And the same year, 85. Aye, so this was before he was, I think maybe he was just like that cunt for taxi at this point. <sighs> and then you've got, obviously, Tim Curry. I'm thinking how well established he was at that point in the eighties. Um, um, but you know, I'm pretty sure Macaulay Culkin still sucking the his mullet. You know, like the team and fucking oh, legend. legends. Aye, that would have happened. And that was, um, but I think and you had obviously what's her name? I thought you would have brought her up. Scarlet? No, White Miss White. Yes. That she was in Young Frankenstein. Oh, shit. I never thought that. A light bulb has went off in my head. Aye. Ah, shit, I didn't. So I seen the name, I was like, ah, I that is. Aye. How could you not, like, like remember? Like, I could, I, I've got images of her getting ploughed by fucking <laughs> Peter Boyle's Frankenstein. <laughs> Woof. Ah, exactly. <laughs> shit. <sighs> I, thought you would, I thought you would have picked that up on me. Aye. That makes so much more sense and makes me like that film even more now. Um, I but I do I love all like the the uh, quippy banter between all the guests, like the quick fire and answers, and we digs back and forward at each other. Yeah. Like when they're talking about the the negatives and they keep having an argument about they're saying something and Mister Green's like, "Wait a second, you said no, I know, so that means that's a double negative." Well, that proves it's positive. He's like, "Wait." What are we talking? Are the negatives positive? And they're all getting fucking confused and they start losing their shit. I just love that it's like really quick, fu- uh, quick fire dialogue back and forward. Yeah. Like I bet it'd be a fucking pain in the arse to like if you're doing yeah. to act to get your lines right and yeah. fire it back and forth. I think there was probably no room for it, like improvisation, uh, like and things like this. I bet you had to really stick to the scripts. I always love that point where they're sort of revealing what jobs they do in, in the, say, the study. And Miss Scarlet reveals that she has a, she runs a hotel to for older gentlemen to spend time with young women for a short period. And Mr. Plum comes across, I want the number of your hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you dirty you bastards. Aye. 
But I have to admit, like, watching it as a kid and re-watching it now, I have to admit, Miss Scarlet is a fox. Mm. I, I reckon if it's just because she is dressed a wee bit, a bit slutty as being like a house madam. Yeah. But she does look like a very sultry uh, Sigourney Weaver, uh, uh, Susan Sarandon look to her. Yeah. Like I was convinced that it was like she was Susan I Sarandon. A bit like her, yeah. Until but... you looked at the casting details, and then she was oh, her name's still in front of me now. But she is she's a foxy lady. Aye. So so we get to the past dinner, and then. Mr. Baldry shows up mm-hmm. with gifts. Aye. Mm. The funny thing now, when you see that now, and they open the bag, they open a, they're in briefcases. They open a briefcase and they pull the box out. And uh, it's like a black box type of purple string. Uh, or purple ribbon. And the first thing it made me think of was like, Christ, that looks like the box you see at the end of Old Boy. Where it's uh, filled yeah. with photos of him and his fucking daughter no. that he never knew. It's like, man, that's really obscure fucking memory. They open box like, why is it just pictures of like a Korean couple? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what you don't know is they're a fucking couple, and they're plowing. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, oh. It's it's the thing where they're all accusing each other. Yeah, and it was. Mrs. White talking about her husband, saying he threatened to kill me in public. He's like, why would he kill you in public? He's like, no, not that way. He threatened me in public to kill me. <laughs> and I just love how everything kind of acts as like a double entendre. Like, it could yeah. be read two different ways. Uh, and then, I do love the tension in, like, the score when they're all uh, pulling apart the boxes and revealing the weapons they've been given. Yeah. And the music it's kind of like a tension builder like when you see the knife the gun the candlestick yeah the rope mm. and I can't imagine if this was maybe maybe it was before it where sort of chaos ensued and Mrs. White knees Mr. Body in the boas I feel this was before he presented him with the gifts and she just like uh, they, they all were trying to attack him Aye. And he just runs around and she just runs over and fucking scores on my knee right in the boss <laughs> and his face is like Aah! It's like, oh you kinda of felt it. <laughs> Lee Ving deserves like a wee award for that just that <laughs> that look. <laughs> Maybe he was methods. Ah, I just need me in the boss hand, it's fine, I'll look good on camera. <laughs> It'll fucking hurt me for hours. But it is like where he kinda of gives them the ultimatum. He's in right the only person that knows about this is Wadsworth. I'm going to turn off this light and we turn it back on and he's dead and this is all over and we can all go home. Yeah. And that's when you sort of find it fucking <laughs> bodies, the body on the floor. Yeah. I do, I love just like when the light goes off the fucking gun goes off, somebody screams and they just thump. Like all this, the sound editing. And it is, it's really like when the hysteria starts playing into it and I notice the gun fired but it's on the other side of the room. He's not got bullet wounds. And said, like, wait a second, maybe the drink's been poisoned. Oh, no, Mrs. Peacock's fucking taking a drink. Ah, just as she fucking just finishes it. in this horrible screaming. Oh, and fucking Mr. Green belts her. Aye, it's like, the had to. Stop her from screaming. <laughs> like, it's maybe that or that's fucking Tim Curry's impression of him in the second half, but... And it's like, maybe the brandy was poisoned. The only way to find out if she dies, and everyone hovers around Peacock like vultures. Just waiting to see if she's dying. And that's when you get your fucking... I was going to say, that's when a vet screams in the other room. Aye. But it all kind of ties into Wadsworth has his own sub story. Like, this film is laced in sort of political satire. Uh, like, to a point where it's sure a lot of it goes over my head. But when he t- like tells his story about his wife and they had friends that were socialists... And obviously, like, oh, no. And it's like, I know, we all make mistakes. And they keep rolling off all these fucking long stories. And it's like, right, to cut a long story short, and everyone in unison keeps going, too late. I was like, those were your moments. Ah, because when um, Yvette screams, is that no. She's, in, she's drinking the same drink in the 
the billiard room ah, and got yeah. a fright and the killer's in the room it's like what do you mean She's, they're in the room you're in the room now with us and fucking Mr. Green's checking behind the door just in case <sighs> but that's that cuts to the kitchen because then, then the f- Mrs. Hole rolls at the freezer yeah and I do I always have a wee giggle when Mr. Green grabs her and he's struggling <laughs> and he's like Ellie <laughs> because uh, I'm sure I've got that in my notes and that's where he goes to like so go to go like grab her or something mm-hmm. and he just falls right his arms go right through and she just falls to the ground aye is that not the same thing happens to Peacock later on when she's about to faint and Wadsworth gets aye, her like, I'll grab you and she just falls through his arms and fucking hits the deck <laughs> aye um, when they go back and the body's gone for the the study body's body's gone yes body's body has disappeared and from the shock of that because they're all carrying Mrs. Ho through yeah and she's gone to just drop her on her face <laughs> and just as soon as <laughs> her fucking pus hitting the carpet it's like I, I always have to stifle a fucking laugh and then when they realise some something fucking mysterious going on they just fucking drop her and walk past her it's like <laughs> the sight of bodies have it's not even a shock now and just yeah. Dropper. There's even later on when they get the fucking uh, singing telegram, they just fucking launch her in the study like she's fucking nothing as uh-huh. well. Now, what about the moment where they're looking at the negatives of Colonel Mustard and Yvette, and you hear Mrs. White making the comments saying, "There's no way you could get a man like get into that position." And Christopher Lloyd fucking takes over. It's like, "I'll show you that." I'll I'll fucking show you that. Throws on the couch, gets the leg up, and she's like, "Get off me!" <laughs> uh, and honestly, one of my favorite fucking moments of this film is when they're all in the hallway, and Wadsworth's losing the rag, and it's like, "You're shouting!" It's like, "I'm not shouting." Okay, maybe I'm shouting. I'm shouting, I'm shouting. And he stamps his feet and a fucking candlestick fit above the door frame just drops off and smacks him right on the top of the head. <laughs> and it just fucking hits the deck. Oh, it's, it's just the way it hits. It's like, boom. And like, and like it's, maybe it's Tim Curry's fucking facial expressions is priceless in this film as well. Just like he has that fucking gone look after he gets cracked on the fucking head. Uh, like maybe um, his physical comedy matches his fucking like his acting trying to think aye because then is it it's before it's before um, oh no in fact it kind of picks up a bit when uh, the guy comes to the door and asks oh, to use the phone the motorist yeah. yes aye because they were trying to launch a key when they locked up all the weapons and uh, he's in the fucking door as they're going to launch it. Aye. I might have missed it a bit because remember he's on the phone and he's like, he's like I think he's like they're having a party he's like the funny thing is my old employer's here. Aye. Did we find out who his old employer was? I think Because so. I, I think I might have missed that when I was watching it this morning. They might be telling you in one of the endings because mm. and then could obviously worked for Miss Scarlet. Yeah. And the cop was paid off by Miss Scarlet. Yeah. So that was his connection. I can't remember. I think it might have been... Nah, I was going to say Wadsworth. Mm. Like, or Mr. Body. But you you wouldn't have seen the body of nah. Mr. Body. But as, as when he's in using the phone, they nah. decide to split up into groups and search yeah. the house because they have that big argument. Is someone in the house? Yeah. And like, what do you mean yes to that or yes to this? So like, oh, let's be clear um, about this. As I know, Mr. Green and Yvette uh, as split up and then it's... Aye, they do like the Yvette, matchsticks. Aye, Yvette and Green, aye. It's Yvette and Mr. Green and it's... Um, Wadsworth and Mrs. White. Yeah, and then Mustard and... Peacock. Uh, would be because that would be three. And uh, mustard and scarlet because they have that moment where they go try to get past the, the gap in the bar. Oh, yeah. and the ladies first like no thank you, and then they both go through and they get fucking jammed tight. <laughs> like they're trying to squeeze past oh, each other to get yeah. the fucking bar. But it is. I I actually quite like the fucking set design to this. Like the proper man old mansion fields are like when they go upstairs and it 
it gives the impression that it is like an eerie old mansion. And again, if it's just because it's it's the eighties and it's dressed like the fifties, yeah. But just the whole like the way they film it when they're going up the stairs and you get these huge thunderclaps outside and the lights of the hall. And then especially like when they go in the attic and it's got those claustrophobic stairways where it is, it's green and a vet and they're fucking having to squeeze against each other to walk up the fucking stairs as well because it's that tight. And and then obviously after all this thing, after all this shit happens, the fucking door goes in and it's a, a policeman. Ah, oh, you can And, use and it's made. funny because he's like, he's like, he's like, I need to use a phone. And Wall was like, well, you can use... No, you can't. We well, can use a... No, you can't Aye, use a inside the, the, the wonder where they fucking dumped the bodies and... <laughs> but... It is, it's when... I'm trying to think if they have a power cut. Like, when the motorist gets killed. Uh, and... Because obviously somebody comes out through a secret tunnel. Aye, and hits the motorist Aye. in the head. I just love the way how it's fucking filmed, where you just see, like, the hand Aye, the yeah. wrench and they're wearing a glove. And, and you see the wrench go down. And the funk. And, and then, then you just see the... Aye, the guy picking up the phone and putting it back onto the... Aye. Hanging up, basically. And it is, because... I think the power cut is after the policeman. I think, aye, the eye gap is twice, because they discover the motorist's body aye, uh, before the cop um, shows up. Like, uh, Mustard and aye. Scarlet go for yeah. the fireplace. Aye, and they find them. And the hysteria... Like, that's, that's when they're fucking locked in and fucking Yvette comes along with, with a the gun. gun aye it's the fucking moment where they scream and find the body everyone else freaks it upstairs and they all come running downstairs at the same time and all four people collide with each other aye that's, <laughs> they just go out of their way to fucking run jump and fucking like aye. in wrestling where two cunts clothesline each other at the same yeah. time that's what that looks like he's fucking shooting at the door and he's like Shot me. Aye. And then it's like, like, and then she's I'm like, shot in the shoulder. And then she's like, doors open. Aye. And the way she's swinging the pistol, you've got like Green and fucking Wadsworth from the ground like covering themselves. And so the, pol- so the policeman comes in, and then the funny thing is. Aye, the chandelier is, drops just before it. Aye. Aye, because one of the fucking stray bullets hits the string of the chandelier. Aye, it looks like it's going to be hitting fucking mustard. And mustard's like, I can't take any more scares. <laughs> and then it just fucking dropped. I honestly thought he was going to clutch Aye. the left arm and drop. Yeah. But that is like when the fucking cop shows up and they ask him to use the fucking phone. Aye, and then he comes out the room and he's like, oh, the phone's for you. And he's like, who is it? And it's like, J. Edgar Hoover. And I'm like, was, was like... Ah, is it fucking Jacob? Who was going to phone here? Aye, he's like, he's on everyone else's phone. Why shouldn't he be on mine's? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they have like their second power cut. Aye, because they were going to search the rooms. Yeah, and then it's oh no, they're searching the fucking building. They wonder what's going on. So they have to quickly reanimate all the fucking bodies. You've got mustard yeah. making oh, out with Mrs. Yeah. Hole. They go fucking. And <laughs> it's the fact that they've got. Uh, I think if Scarlet's behind her holding open her dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, the bit where uh, they've got um, body like with a fucking hat on, slouch, with a bottle of whiskey and all that. Ah, it's like, this guy's drunk. Mm-hmm, he sure is. Aye, dead drunk. And it's like, dead right. And it's like, he, he's going to need a car. And he's like, yeah, a long black car. He's <laughs> like, yeah, we'll get him a limousine. <laughs> and then it's a it's a bit in the black when the fucking door goes and it opens and it's a fucking singing telegraph. Aye. <laughs> Tell me. It's, I can't even mind what moment it is, but it's when Mustard's wandering through the kitchen himself and he opens the door and gets skilled in the pus with an ironing board. <laughs> it's a bit where uh, it's a bit in the black as well. was like, what door is this? And it's a oh, fucking dial for the shower. Door. The fucking shower hits him. I love that bit. It is just... Oh, it's fucking priceless. And he's just standing there like... He's like, I hate my life. Because <laughs> it is it's a genuine surprise. It's like, another door? And he just turns out and he fucking skelt with a shower. And it, it's lit that perfectly. So you just see the silhouettes of it all. Yeah. And even like during a fucking power cut, like a vet running down the stairs, her tits still managed to catch the moonlight. Oh, I know. Like, Jesus Christ, that is an impressive rack. Yeah. Like I was looking uh, through like also the cast earlier on, and the only noticeable, the only notable film that 
is that done afterwards with uh, Die Hard 3. Alright. Uh, it's Hard a bit 3? where uh, they pick up McLean and they put him on the street with the I hate nigger sign. Right. She's a blonde Polish wifey. Ah, right. working with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only tend to recognise her if she's got a chest out, really, so. Um, but, I'll try to think. One of the, the other, like, one of the most notable things about the casting of this movie of, like, big trivia notes is on IMDb, it's on Wikipedia, and it's something that almost happened and never did with Miss Scarlet on all the, the pages to do with Clue. It was supposedly a fact that Carrie Fisher was going to play Miss Scarlet. Alright. Like, our, the woman that looks like Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And it wasn't... Like that probably would have given me a better thumbs up. Aye, that would have been a couple things up. Um, but they said, there's the director made comments about it saying that she got put into rehab one week before production. Aye. And whilst they were doing all the... The rehearsals on set, he said she was sniffing quite a lot, but she just dismissed it to the director saying she suffered from hay fever. And he uh, says, with this being his first movie and he was naive, he thought she just must have hay fever. But she said, the whole, the whole, everyone was sniffing a lot. Uh, I was like, oh, I fucking hate. Like, I can imagine them just all cunting fucking, like, Yvette, Tim Curry, I can see all cunting Coke. Uh, like, fuck it, why no? Like Christopher okay. Lloyd, even the fucking replacement for Carrie Fisher looks like she's no stranger to a few rails of coke. Uh, but, um, so why? The shower, and Yvette's dead at this point. She's talking something to Billy Drew and then gets fucking strangled with a noose. Yeah. And it's at that point Wadsworth says he solved it. Yeah. And this is where he fucking reenacts uh, the fucking first two acts of the fucking film. I know. And it's just like one big... I, I would, it could only be any more amazing if it was like done in one take, like yeah. Birdman or something elaborately like that, where the camera's falling back and forth. Like that one episode of Always Sunny, where Charlie's trying to stop the health inspector. Yeah. And it's the whole running about, and the camera falling him around. But it's this one has a few cuts. And it's just, what you cry at, him running about. And it's how he uses fucking Mr. Green like a fucking uh, prop. It's like, right, Mr. Body was lying here. Trips Mr. Green, throws him on the grunts. Then he comes back and it's something to do with somebody in the cupboard. He throws him in the bathroom, shuts the door. Yeah. Throw, trips him up, picks him down. And he's running in the hall and he hits him over the head with a candlestick. <sighs> and throws him in the fucking bathroom. And he comes out washing his hands after taking a leak. Aye. But and then it's, it's, a bit, it's the same bit where there's a fucking green will start running at one point as well. Aye. Aye, but it's during that bit where Tim Curry's basically getting his take on it all. Aye. And then green starts to like run with him. Aye. And... Because I, I think that's the bit that leads up to chucking him in the toilet. Aye. And it comes out and they reveal the killer... No, it's just before they reveal who the killer is. And they get the fucking evangelicalist at the door saying, the apocalypse is nigh, Armageddon is upon us. And I love uh, Mrs. Peacock's dialogue where she's like, like, whoever it is, they gotta get away. They're gonna die. She's freaking out. It's like, who's ringing the fucking door now? And they're saying some fucking apocalypse is now it's like I'll tell you something buddy it's already here you ain't whistling Dixie and they're all just giving him these excuses and she's like go away you beatnik and slams the door shut like beatnik holy shit like that's actually been used in a film and that's when Scarlet whips out the fucking gun yeah and threatens to shoot Wadsworth and that's when he has this the fucking Two plus one plus two, like the yeah. fucking banner with her. And he's like, no, it's not. It's like, that gun is empty. And she fucking apprehends her, takes the gun off her. Uh, and then it's that, and then also the post shut the door and that. Aye. The post come in. And then it's a bit where it goes, um, he's like, it's a like, good thing for you, there's no bullets in this gun. 
and shoots him and fucking it. hits his little chandelier. Aye, and fucking gives Mustard another fucking fright. <laughs> That's a weird fucking thing that, like, something that you days you will never probably see in a film. It is a film with three endings, each one played one after another. Yeah. I think the fact Cause that... Because like, I was like, when it happened, and like, the screen paused, and I was like, got the film already? And I pushed the button, and it's like, it's still got like 50 minutes, and it's like, this is how it should have happened, <laughs> or this is how it does happen. Now, I, I was listening back to some of the day about it, and they were saying that it was released in theatres with the three separate endings edited separately onto different prints of the film. Alright. So you would go see it once and, and you, you get ending A. A. Yeah. If you went and saw it again at a different time you get ending B. And if you go see it again you get the third ending. The third ending. And this was supposed to like the studio's perfect way of like, let's get people to see this film three times and we'll make three times the more money yeah. and this that and the next thing. And it wasn't until it had its home release is when they edited all three endings yeah. and slapped on it at the end of the film. Because right enough, this does pull it to about an hour, 36 minutes. Yeah, so if you're only given one ending, and heaven forbid you get that fucking second ending where it's like, oh, it's Mrs. Peacock, and just because yeah. she's a better old cow. Like, I'd be really like, that's a bit of a crap ending. No. Stuart McPherson brings up a good point. What was our favourite ending? Yeah, that was on my note as well. Uh, we'll go with you, what was your... I have to admit, um, maybe just the third, because it's explained that well, and all can skill you at that point. Yeah. Like everyone's had a hand to play in it. Sure, the first one's fine, uh, but it's only really, it's Mrs. Peacock's one that's, is, is the word, like, is the, the dull one. Yeah. I like the third one because I liked um, Wasworth's uh, reaction to being shot. Oh, it's a like, good shot, Green. <laughs> Very good shot. <laughs> and he did that. And it's just like, it looks like a ventriloquist dummy <laughs> after they did the hand at the back and just falls over and his fucking jaw goes slack. Yeah. But And then it turns out the fucking Green works for the FBI. Aye. And he's not gay after all. <laughs> I'm going home I to know. sleep with my wife. <laughs> And then the fucking freeze frame on that moment. Because they're taking the piss at him the whole time. Like, because it's the 50s. Yeah. And it's like, I'm a plant. And it's like, I thought in these days they'd cry, you are fruits. And it's like, oh, saucy <laughs> dialogue, what's going on? You can't say that shit nowadays. Uh, but one thing that I did like about uh, the second ending, the how it could have happened when it all gets blamed on Mrs. Peacock, is when Wadsworth's reenacting it. And it's when a vet gets strangled and he just grabs Mrs. White and starts strangling her. She's like, ah, ah. <laughs> and obviously Peacock almost gets away with it. She gets away at gunpoint, goes at the room. They're all singing, she's a jolly good fellow because they're yeah. fucking shot. And she gets caught by the police because ah. he's still trying to be like the church guy. And I can't even mind what the dialogue was, but... It's something like, she's been caught by the man. And Mr. Green's like, Mrs. Peacock's a man? And oh, yeah. Wadsworth just the room and fucking slaps him in the puss. <laughs> and it's like a proper Three Stooges moment with the sound effects. And then you get the proper, here's how it really happens. Mm. And to be honest, small fucking moments of this film just make me laugh stupid. Like, when they're running up the stairs... And he's got Mrs. White by the hand, and he gets halfway up the stairs, and Wadworth just lets go over, and she just face plants the steps. <laughs> like I think it, it's just the fucking sounds of cunts fucking <laughs> dropping to the floor in this film makes me chuckle when it probably isn't that funny, but shit, I still laugh at it. Yeah. And when a vet, when we find out Mrs. White killed a vet, it was because I think they said something like. Yvette was sleeping with her husband's. Aye. And it's when she starts talking about the Rachel's, it's like, I hate her so much. Flames. Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> and she just has, like, this breakdown in front of everyone. It's like, this is fucking brilliant. Like, I, somebody tagged that on our face, on our Twitter account as, like, a gif of just her going, flames. Flames on the side of my face. It's like, Jesus Christ. And, I mean... I've built pointed the whole fucking breakdown. Uh, Professor Plum 
killed Mr. Body in the hall with a candlestick. Mrs. Peacock killed the cook in the kitchen with a knife because they had a connection. Because uh, Wordsworth was bringing up like the Cantonese delicacy of monkey brains and oh, yeah. things like that. And she was afraid in case the, the cook was going to extort Mrs. Peacock. Uh, Colonel Mustard killed the motorist in the lounge. Um, maybe he worked for him. Mrs. White killed a vet. Scarlet killed a cop because he knew she was paying him off. Yeah. Mrs. Green, Mr. Green, was accused of shooting the singing telegram, but no, it was... Uh, was it Christopher Lloyd? Because I know he more or less he did over there. She was his patient. Aye, aye, she was his patient. And he, he, he took advantage of her. Ah, probably would have been. Aye. And... Then Wadsworth reveals no that he did kill her, but he in fact is the real Mr. Body and the man that Mr. Plum killed was his butler. Elizabeth's like, what? What? Uh, so aye. Where because this is the like the true end and this is where uh, Wadsworth isn't from the FBI. He's the fucking bad guy that's blackmailing yeah. Obdi. And that's when obviously Green fucking scores him with a gun. And it's when he does that line, it's like the police chief comes in, all going on. He's like, "What's going on here?" He's like, "Who killed Mister Body?" He's like, "I killed him with the revolver in the hall." And it's like you can't, you can exactly what you're doing with this film. So I think I've covered all of my notes. What about have you covered all your bullet points? Um, I think I do because obviously, like what I said. We've probably covered most of the points. two or three of my points was, like, my notes that answered myself through the phone was, was it, why was Jagger Hoover phoning in the house? And And because that's what they're saying. Oh, the idea was that Mr. Green was working for the government, wasn't it? Yeah. And then another one was obviously, like, why was Mr. Body blackmailing the guests? Yeah. And obviously we found out as well. Mm -hmm. But I, everyone's pretty much covered here okay I've only got two more notes on it uh, obviously the 30 year anniversary of this film was celebrated last year by uh, 1986 2016 this is when they released that uh, the film on vinyl uh, the soundtrack on vinyl that I was showing you and I think if people look at our Instagram account I shared it on there this morning sort of screen capping just the fucking beautiful artwork done to it, where the front cover of the record is Wadsworth yeah. holding the doors open to the mansion. And then when you open the record, the inside of the sleeve is all the rooms of the mansion. And the fact that they printed 250 copies each to the colours of the players you get. Like, one, there's yeah. 250 plum, there's 250 green, uh, white, scarlet. And it's like, man... I really, want, I really fucking want one of those records. Huh. That is a stupid amount of money. I know. It's like one of these things I will only accept as a gift. Hint, hint, hint. Like go and get, go and somebody buy it for me. It does. It looks like, and I do. I fucking love the score to this film, and just the fact that it's got such beautiful artwork to it as well makes it that much more. Just like, oh, I'll be good to own. I think. Um... I think there's a an, an episode of Family Guy that kind of plays the same like a connection to it. Ah, yeah, and it's like they're invited to James Woods' mansion for that dinner, makes sense. and everybody dies, mm. and then they'll get blamed and shit. And it kind of plays at the same thing, which is I'm trying to remember what the outcome was. But obviously, wasn't as good as a fucking film, eh? Mm-hmm. But um, I after that, quite quite enjoyed that Tim. God, they made the film. Oh, aye. Mm-hmm. See, he's even got the cat's approval. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, it's just his fucking, like, like you were saying, like, his, like, like his mannerisms are, like, the way, he, the way he smiles. And he always has those big white eyes. I know. He is, like, I think I've appreciated him enough. I need to have a look he into his catalogue. I'm trying to think. I know nowadays, obviously, he suffered like a bad stroke Aye, a couple he, of years he's ago. Put on a lot of weight, and I think mm. I think he actually moves about in a wheelchair then. Aye, like he's he's no he's no in the best shape Aye. anymore. But I, I know I still, I still remember him in fucking Muppet Treasure Island. Oh shit! Aye, was he? It's like one of the like 
Blackbeard or something. Fuck, I completely forgot about that until right <laughs> now. He's kidding that as well. He, is, he just has that fucking brilliant voice. Yeah. Like, such a really rich... Like, he, oh, there's like another bass in his voice as well. He played... He done a voice acting gig for a big film mm-hmm. as well, but I cannot remember because I think that uh, Watch Mojo not. channel put up one day it was um, like top 10 like Tim Curry performances I, I feel I should know this there's something I do know like I should really watch Rocky Horror Picture Show by now I've seen that show I've seen that show <laughs> I, I think we've mentioned that yeah but I've never honestly I've never seen it and I think it is on like now TV at the moment yeah. I mean, as well as the fucking I think it was a 2016 I mean, it's only 71 eh? remake I Tell think. you what, actual other film I do remember I'm from. Did you ever watch National Lampoon's Loaded Wetum? It was like the Lethal Wetum spoof, and it was Samuel L. Jackson and Emilio Estevez. Ah, I remember Emilio Estevez. Um, Tim Curry was dressed up as a like a fucking guide, right? Like a girl guide <laughs> selling like fucking like drugs, but cookies, and had like a blonde wig and all that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see. He has done a lot of voice acting, to be honest, as I'm looking for, but it's one, one specific one. I think it was in the nineties. Your Fern Gully. That's what it was. Mhm. Oh, what was his character called in it? I might be in. I might be getting mixed up with someone else because I was honestly thinking he was in the movie Home, that one with the purple alien. Uh, but it was Steve Martin was like the emperor in that one I think was uh, what surprised right. me so that's maybe what I'm getting myself mixed up with alright let's have a wee look at the facts and figures Clue was made on a budget of 15 million dollars not bad nah, I'm thinking of the amount of fuck cast members need to pay that the studio I think all the outside shots was done on a studio and then what shots they did in the mansion I think I doubt, yeah. I doubt it was in a, an actual mansion. It's probably just sets. Yeah. But, and the domestic box office is only the only thing we have. I don't have any foreign numbers, so there's no, no worldwide. But how much I'll money do you think it makes? 30. Lower. 20. Lower. 10. 14 million dollars. So it, it didn't Make its money back. No. Nah. 15 million budget, 14.6 million. Their grand scheme of let's get people to go to the pictures three times and see our movie <sighs> backfired. To be fair, in 1985, there was a fucking ton of content out there. It was Back to the Future, Commando. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? Like Rambo and shit, yeah. Aye, so. Tons it, it, of content. They then have a murder mystery set in the 50s with three different endings that you're not all going to get to see in the one viewing. I can imagine it kind of yeah. it got left in the wake of all those other heavy hairs. Typically, I think part of the criteria to become a cult classic is needs to be something that was never properly recognised when it was yeah. originally come out. So, seeing that this flopped back in the day isn't a, a huge surprise, especially now that it's considered like a cult classic. Yeah. Amazon one star reviews. Out of the one hundred and seventy eight reviews there was five one star reviews. Legitimate. Nah, mixture. So I've got it, four has here. Got, has it got a blue a blue It hasn't. Has it not? No. Uh, that might be why like the DVDs kinda of rocketed up in price. Oh, the rare as fuck. Aye. They found out that we were gonna do a podcast on it. It's probably because it's it's probably because it's the same fucking thing for that vinyl. It Aye. probably opens up. It's probably like a four disc if not, set with like each ending. I would have loved that, but I think it's just a bare bones DVD, unfortunately. Uh, uh, let's see, our first review. Waste of a Good Cast by Mr. Dobson. It's rare that I can't finish a film, but this felt like a total waste of time. I reached for my phone halfway through, which is never a good sign. Eventually switched it off, but obviously it has a following. So don't take my word for it. Why submit a review then? I don't know. Uh, 
So, a complete waste of money by Miss Jean. It is an American DVD and Disney, and Disney, and they mention in brackets, as we say in Scotland, work on a computer. At Disney work on a computer. <sighs> uh, so, a complete waste of money. I looked at this review and it was like for 2014, it's like, why are you the person that's watching DVDs on a fucking computer in this day and age? I know. Like, a DVD player. It's literally, you could pretty much put your DVD in a toaster and it'll work nowadays. I know. Denny, don't try that. No one at home try that. Um, our last one. Second rate copy of Murder by Death by P. Zanatti. Simply awful, a poor imitation of a far better film, Murder by Death, brackets, Peter Sellers. Alright. So, if this is fucking better than Clue, I better fucking see this film. Because <laughs> Clue is a fucking really good film. Uh, what's next for films and swearing? Our 80s season continues with 1986. And we will be talking about John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Because and if he did miss it. It was the only film up in our poll. You were getting nay fucking choice in the poll that week. I had some good fucking titles for 1986 as well. I think we did have um, Cobra. Cobra, Stand By Me, and one other one. And I did think, maybe putting up three Big Trouble in Little China. The reason i done it as option one, Big Trouble. Yeah. Option two, in. in. Option three, Little China. And option four, all of the above, was because when you type in Big Trouble in Little China as a poll option, it has a character max. So Aye. you get Big Trouble in Little Chi. And that irritated me to fuck. <laughs> I just wanted to type Big Trouble in Little China four times in a row and post it. And then fucking when you let me and it just looked uh... stupid. Just Big Trouble in Little Chi. So I had to fucking break it across four. Because yeah. honestly, I was going to put... Big Trouble in Little China three times and then maybe put Stand By Me as the last one. But then I'd imagine in the luck we've had it would just fucking uh, all the votes for Stand By Me and I didn't get Big Trouble. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I called Dibs. Raging hard on chat button. So it's just, I just want to see some fucking crazy carpenter stuff. We've seemed to have missed out. Like all the 80s magic we've had so far has swung all the other directions. Uh-huh. So we'll get to see Big dumb Jack Burton and the Flying Pork Shop Express getting into some big trouble with little Chinese people. And the poll will be going up at the weekend for. Oh, aye, a new poll. Aye, oh, fuck it. After this podcast, I'll just post it. It is for our 1987, which is going to consist of four films that you could vote for on our Twitter account at FAS Podcasts. The poll will have the options of Full Metal Jacket, Inner Space, Raising Arizona, and The Running Man. Some very good films in this one. Then it's a bad film in, in any of the selections. No, that. So, yeah. Uh, by the time you hear this, that poll should still be live over at FAS Podcast on Twitter. Cast your vote. Help us decide what film to review next after Big Trouble in Little China. Um. Our website, filmswearing.com, gives you links to our Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, Twitter. All that shit is on there. Patron, if you pledge $1 a month, which is technically 93 pence if you include the tax they put on it, that gives you full access to our Patron page, where we host exclusive podcasts, wrestling audio commentaries, extended episodes with further discussions, rants, reviews, and the occasional outtake. All that shit for 93 pence. So, that's it's not that bad. For 93 pence, you get quite a lot. Aye. So, now is the time of the night to give a shout out to Andros for our theme music. There it is. Uh, thanks to Stu and our listeners for tuning in and letting us fill your lugs. But it's now that time of the night for us to pull out. And if we've learned one thing from tonight's episode, Mike, it would be I done it in the bedroom last night with orange underwear. Ah, fuck off and tune in next week.
much try to go with a board game joke, but uh, I was like kind of rattling through in my day, and I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> uh, how would I like to go? Maybe in the scullery with a vet's cleavage. By suffocation. <laughs> Motorboat the fuck out of that. Aye. I can see he struggles. 